Explore the weaponization of rap lyrics in the criminal justice system in the new documentary, As We Speak, Rap Music on Trial. Now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Terms apply. It's the UEFA Champions League on Paramount+. Plus. Europe's top club soccer tournament. Champions versus champions. The best teams facing off in the knockout rounds. Magnificent! And it all takes place. While you're filling out financial reports at work. In the middle of your day. In the middle of your week. So use that second screen. Call in sick. Do whatever you gotta do to tune in Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Nobody watches the UEFA Champions League like us. Stream every match live exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. New CBS Monday. NCIS is back. We need all hands on deck. So grab your gear. NCIS! And join our elite team. What are the charges? Murder. New cases to be solved. Double tap to the chest. Same caliber as the murder weapon. And new criminals to catch. That's the bomb maker. Where's the bomb? A new NCIS. Monday, 9, 8 central. On CBS. And streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Tunnel Vision. I'm your host, Ryan Abraham, joined in studio by Mr. Triple Double, Connor Morissette, and uh, Chris Trevino of the Helium Boys and the Cilantro Boys. Got a lot to talk about. Uh, no game, of course. USC didn't play this weekend. Connor and I were in Las Vegas. We got to see uh, Washington defeat Oregon at the Pac-12 championship game. Then we checked out uh, USC falling to Gonzaga in men's basketball over at, uh, at the MGM. But we got to talk about USC hiring New defensive coordinator, D'Anton Lynn. We found out where USC is going bowling. Going to uh, the Holiday Bowl in San Diego. Who thought we'd, they, we would, that's where they would go, but with different opponents. Uh, instead of playing Clemson, going to play Louisville. And tomorrow, in a number of hours, the uh, NCAA transfer portal opens, which is like free agency on steroids for college football. So we got to talk about all that kind of stuff. Uh, so we, that's we welcoming in uh, Connor and Chris. How are you guys doing today? Doing well. Oh, in and out a little bit here. He's Can good. you hear me? He's good. Gotcha, yeah. I'm doing well. How are you doing, He's Chris? back. I'm doing good. I just told Connor before we went live, I feel like I haven't seen him in three years. Uh, I saw Ryan recently, so it hasn't been that long. But yeah, I missed the triple-double. Always need some triple-double in your life. I spent all weekend with triple-double. Yeah. You know? So you're probably sick of triple-double. <laughs> yes. We I'm the a- opposite. I need more triple-double. We shared a room. Uh, I think we both listened to... Uh, the Helium Boys podcast. You guys did an emergency podcast after this was sure. announced. Uh, so Connor and I are sitting in Las Vegas. Yeah, at, break it uh, down, baby. Allegiant Stadium, and I get a text. Uh, we're, we're you know we're covering the game, but you know USC's not in. It doesn't really matter. And I'm like, oh, that's interesting. And uh, it was about USC hiring Danton Lynn to be the defensive coordinator. And I was like, is this serious? And you know, good source talking to where it was coming from. And then I ended up posting it on the Peristyle and uh, boom, about 15 minutes later, you know, some of the national reporters like Bruce Feldman and, and uh, Pete Thamel 
had tweeted that out as well. Um, it was coming from the agent side, so I knew those guys would have it pretty quickly. But at least we gave a little heads up to anyone over at uh, uscfootball.com. So uh, and it's funny, like back in the day when we were first putting the hot board together, like that's a name I had heard, but it seemed like, I don't know, is that really going to happen? He turned around UCLA in one year. It was a really uh, you know amazing turnaround for him. First year defensive coordinator. And lo and behold, it ends up being uh, Danton Lynn. So I want to get you guys' thoughts on uh, USC's new defensive coordinator hire to start. Well, I'm going to let Connor go first because I already gave my reaction on the podcast. But I just want to point out, Ryan was particularly not happy that we didn't point out that Ryan had <laughs> told us to put Danton Lynn on the hot board. He's like, add Danton Lynn. And we forgot to mention that on the, the emergency pod. Well, he was okay. like... He was like, no, I don't like – he downvoted me. So <laughs> I just wanted to clarify that. But I did give you your props, Boss Man Scoop. Thank you. For beating all the national guys. So I give yourself some applause, whatever. I uh, have the board. Didn't yeah. even have to turn the board on. It doesn't matter. But, Connor, you're up. I'm going in and out here with my headset. Are you going to do – we'll put the other one on. Okay. So I guess sorry, I have to talk. That. You want me to stall <laughs> no, some more? Okay, yeah. Is this – okay. Yeah. Okay. Let's – yeah, go ahead, just give it up. Okay, now, yeah. yep, technical difficulties. That's live radio. Uh, I, Chris, I agree with what you said, giving it an 89 grade, a B plus. I, I like that. I, I thought that made a lot of sense, and I'm going to steal that grade. I give it okay. an 89 as well. I think Danton Lynn has the potential to be a fantastic hire. I have questions, of course. We've only seen him call a defense for one year, and it looked great. UCLA, their schedule last year, really easy. And they had some built-in talent that USC they might have with the transfer portal, but Latu Latu is an incredible NFL prospect, first-round pick. I don't know if USC is going to have someone like that on their roster this upcoming season. That, of course, helps. But overall, I, I just want to see how Lincoln Riley adapts a little bit too because I think with these coaching hires, you see in the offseason – this is offense, but Garrett Riley goes to Clemson. He won the Broyles Award after doing really well at TCU. And my thought, I think everyone's thought was, okay, Clemson's offense, they're going to be totally different. Look for Clemson to have a big year. Things are going to go really well for them. And then offensively, for whatever reason, Clemson has a tough season and things just didn't click. So I, I think Danton Lynn has all the potential in the world, but we've seen it when guys who get hired sometimes and it looks like a great hire you just got to let it play it a little bit so like i keep saying i think all the pieces are there i just got to see it because with lincoln riley's track record on defense and usc's track record on defense the last few years i don't think it makes a lot of sense to say right now okay the defense is going to be really really good for sure next season but i certainly believe it's a step in the right direction and i think it's the shot in the arm that the program needed after losing five out of six games there's optimism and excitement right now and that's huge i think that's a really good point what you said like sometimes there's an adjustment when you bring over a hot coordinator over to your team and now they're on your sideline and it doesn't always go so smooth to start, but it's part of the process. And you're right. I mean, it's weird because I feel like people are really excited about it, but also like I feel like they're going to want results fast because he had results quickly at UCLA and how he turned them around, made them one of the best run defensive teams in the country and just the turnaround they had in general. But it's going to be a different task at USC. He has different personnel. He has to build around what he has and, and bring in some guys, more defensive linemen. We'll talk about that. But they're also going to the Big Tens, and that's a whole different field. And then USC's schedule is brutal next season. They have a much tougher schedule than UCLA had this year, as you pointed out with their, their strength of schedule. So, yeah, there's a lot of different factors. It's not a one-to-one -one thing coming over here to USC. But, yeah, I feel like fans are going to want that quick progression just like UCLA had, but it might take a little bit more time. But I think it's a great hire. I think, you know, you got one of the hottest names 
in the in the college football in terms of a coordinator. Yes, he is young. Yes, he doesn't have multiple years of experience. But hey, sometimes it's a gamble, and sometimes it's going to hit big, and sometimes it's not. But I think that's a a good solid choice for them to go for. Yeah, I agree with you guys. This is my kind of first reaction to it too. As you know, you've seen a lot of programs hire a defensive coordinator and turn a really bad defense into a good one. And UCLA certainly did that with uh, Danton Lynn. We've seen other programs do that as well. I think for an offense, maybe it takes a little while for things to click. But I think you can, just with a scheme, just with a coach coming in there with a different philosophy, how you're practicing, all of that, I think, put together, you can turn around a defense pretty quickly with very similar talent to what you had. We saw the Trojans in 2022 upgrade the talent significantly in 2023, but the results were still the same. They were still terrible, historically bad on defense. So I think you bring in a young defensive coordinator like Danton Lynn, and you can have a, a really big impact. And I think we thought the talent would have a big enough impact that you went from a bad defense to decent with paired with Caleb Williams in the offense, then this could have been a playoff caliber team. Obviously that didn't happen. You know, the offense was still good, but you know, not quite as good. But I think there was a lot of pressure on the offense because the defense was still as bad. And I think now you have a lot of opportunities here uh, with Lynn to come in and, uh, and and make a big splash, change things around, change the way they, you know, the scheme-wise, how they practice, what they're doing. It just seems like he was able to do that at UCLA. And you hope that translates uh, to USC. But we've seen defensive coordinators have this kind of a big impact sort of right away. It's one of those things that can be a quick fix, which... For USC, that's something you need. You need to get the defense better. Uh, one of the aspects, of, I know the people in the chat, and by the way, we are live on YouTube and live on Twitter. For whatever reason, the Facebook feed was not working, so I'm sorry if you're trying to watch on Facebook. We'll upload it over there as well. But uh, thank you for everyone that's watching us live on YouTube. And we're not going to do live calls uh, tonight. So we'll. But if you're in the chat on YouTube, put your uh, you know, comment in there, and we'll get it up on the screen. Or if you have a question, just put question, and we'll get it up there as well but a lot of talk about the staff uh you know when he when chip kelly hired him at ucla their staff was kind of in place um one of the questions was uh from sc neal will lynn pick his own staff a collaboration of him and lincoln what do you guys think about the staff that'll be on the defensive side of the ball you hit on it on your podcast chris and it's tough to say exactly right now i think we can guess dante williams is probably gone so Danton Lynn and Lincoln Riley will make a new cornerback coach hire. It looks like nothing set in stone right th uh, right now with that, but I think reading the tea leaves, that's a possibility. Sean Nua, is he going to come back? One of the hot names was Elijah Robinson, the Texas A&M defensive line coach who just took the defensive coordinator job at Syracuse. So if USC was interested in bringing him over, now he's not an option. So does that mean Nua comes back? It's probably not good if your ideal candidate – go somewhere else and then you retain the guy who you were maybe going to replace but you know what I mean I just think there's so much up in the air right now and I haven't really heard too many things from people I talk to regarding what the staff will look like I think some people will be retained not everyone and that's sort of my gut right now I don't think it's going to be a full cleaning of the house though but what do you think yeah that's something I kind of we talked about on the emergency podcast I do feel like excuse me changes are coming on the defensive staff who and when, not exactly sure. I predicted, you know, if you're keeping one guy, I think Roy Manning is maybe the guy that they're going to keep. He's a good recruiter. You know, he's got obviously some recruits 
in the clash right now with Elijah Newby, who's really talented. Cameron Fountain, obviously a top 50 edge rusher in the country, would love to keep him into the fold. And then you have, you know, guys he's recruited on the staff with, you know, Sam Green and then Braylon Shelby, who's like one of the gems and the foundational pieces for their future defense. You want to keep him in the fold, obviously, not with the transfer portal opening. So keeping Manning, you know, keep that continuity on the staff does help. It's why you usually have one guy usually hang around. So he would kind of be my pick right now. Again, I don't think it's going to be a full cleaning. I do think at least one guy sticks around. And that's kind of just my gut intention or feeling is that it's it's going to be Roy Manning. But again, that's just that's not sourced or anything. That's too early for that for that. But yeah. Yeah, we'll see. Um you know, we we don't, we don't have a uh time or place or anything as far as a uh, press conference for introduction of uh, Danton Lynn. So we'll see about that. And I think when we get that, or if we get to talk to Lincoln Riley, we'll be able to ask about some of those, um, you know, staff, potential staff changes. You think that you're bringing somebody new in, there would be an opportunity to make those changes, especially how bad the defense was. I think any, you know, any change that has to be on the table, because you can't just say, well, the linebackers are great, but everyone else stunk. Like, no, everybody stunk. So you have to have an opportunity uh, to make uh, to, to make changes. And I think you give, if you're going to pay Lynn, I think Bruce Feldman reported it was going to be in the $2 million range. That's a lot of money for a coordinator. And that, you know, but that's, that's USC playing in the big boy waters. Now you, you went out and hired Lincoln Riley for market value for a coach that has Heisman trophies and college football playoff experience, things like that. And now you're going to do the same thing on the defensive coordinator side. Uh, but so you, you have to kind of, you know, let him make some changes as far as what, you know, you're not going to bring someone in, pay him a lot of money and say, well, here's how we do things. So do it this way. You want to let them make the changes that they need to make. Uh, we have a super chat. Um, oh. Our first one of the night. So thanks from Alex. Fact or fiction, Lynn will make USC's defense and offense better. Fact, <laughs> I think. Right? How, how can it not, based on how this year's gone? And if the defense is a little better, you'd think that more time to just chill on the sideline and catch your breath could be a big help. Uh, or I guess maybe they'd have less time if the defense was getting off the field quickly. So maybe... I think I got that backwards. I think it would be better if the offense is on the field more because then they'd have more chances to score. So if they're more tired, that's probably a good thing. You're going to go fact? I, yeah, fact. <laughs> I, I, I'll help you out, Connor. I, I would also take fact because first part of that is going to make the defense better. Sure, that's what he's paying. He's being paid $2 million to do, so I believe that they're going to get better. And then make the offense better. Well, we joked about this on the emergency podcast that did Lincoln Riley just pay $2 million so Danton Lynn could tell him how he was able to shut down his offense so effectively. Yeah. And obviously, you know, I, Shotgun, I joke with him that he probably would have paid an enormous amount of money to be a fly on the wall listening to Lincoln Riley and Danton Lynn talk about what they saw from, you know, Lincoln to his defense and then to uh, Lynn saw from Riley's offense. And, you know, maybe that's a, a self-scouting opportunity where it's like, okay, a defense was able to take advantage of us like this. I can go back to my drawing board, Lincoln Riley, the yeah. tinkerer that he is, and a guy who's always, you know, trying new things and, and moving stuff around. That's a self-scout that you would love to have and be able to, you know, work off that and be like, okay, this is what I'm going to change for next year. This is what I'm going to change for this year. Just disguise these things differently. So, yeah, I think it's a, I think it's, it could be a good relationship in that sense where you're getting someone you know not part of your kind of coaching circle you know like an Alex Grinch you're getting someone from the outside who can give you different perspective on you know your baby which is Lincoln Riley's offense 
Yeah, no, I think the self scouting thing is uh, is brilliant. Like, yeah, you're like, wait, USC was running the ball pretty well, three rushing yards against UCLA. What did you do? Okay, uh, and I think that can help the offense for sure. But I think just even if you're not getting intel from that side, which you would, just having a more competent defense that takes some of the pressure off the offense. There was so much pressure on the offense. You could see it on Caleb Williams' face all the time. The, the amount of pressure we got to score every time because the defense is going to be giving up big plays, and that's what they did. So thanks, Alex, for the uh, super chat there. We're getting a lot of questions in chat. Thanks for everyone for coming in and joining us on a Sunday night. Um, it's like, I just came, how was your drive back from Vegas, by the way, Connor? Like, I, I flew back this morning. Connor drove back. No issues. It was fine. I always have to stop and pee on, like, <laughs> the 210, I think it is. Is that the freeway? The, uh, the one... Uh, you, you I, pee I, on the two ten. No, like, I don't know. Like every, there are all these great places to go to the bathroom, and then when I have to go to the bathroom, I'm on the highway where there are no places to go to the bathroom. Oh, yeah. I always kind of miss. So that's me sort up. of your. Well, thing. That's way too much information. No one wants to hear that. I, but, uh, so it was good, but I had to go to the bathroom at one point and it took me forever. Uh -oh. yeah, I think I think Ryan was just looking for it. Yeah, it was good. <laughs> a little traffic, but I got not home, where yeah. you pee. <laughs> that's right. It was funny. Like I got a text from uh, my buddy, and he's like, "Hey, you want to go to the Rams game?" So like literally land, get home, go to the Rams game get home, come here. So it's just been, it's been a long, it's been a day, but uh, it's good. Um, I feel like we're it, just doing questions from the chat. We're, I think we kind of have to, we got more super chats coming okay. in too. Hold on. Uh, this is five bucks from Michael. Michael. Uh, Lynn has no college recruiting experience. UCLA had good players to work with. Can he recruit fellers? This is a debate you have when you have, you know, your recruiting or your staff you don't necessarily, and Gerard will be kind of the first to say this if you, you know, check that out on the composite two-star recruits. Sorry, a little plug. But he will say you don't necessarily need your defensive coordinator to be a ace recruiter. Some schools have it. You know, some schools do, do have that. But for the most part, you want your defensive coordinator kind of focused on game planning, getting everything ready. They're more of a guy you kind of bring in you know, in those in-home visits to kind of seal the deal in a sense, you know, get get the full foundation of what the future is for these certain players. That's why you build a really good recruiting staff around him on the defensive side of the ball. So they, they can recruit all the players. They can spend their energy doing that. You know, defensive quarter will be involved a little bit, but he's not necessarily has to be the point person. You know, your linebacker coach is your point person. Your uh Cornerbacks coach is your point person. And then your your DC is kind of your secondary guy. You know, they'll, they'll meet with them on visits. You know, you'll see them in meetings and stuff when they bring them in in the summer and for f officials and during the season. But you don't need your DC to be like an elite, elite recruiter. He has to be competent. You know, he can't be like a Clancy Pendergast who was like way in the other direction and never – players never knew who or recruits never knew who that person was oh, come on he's a oh no he was terrible at recruiting yeah sorry the first time they ever met him was the in-home visit which is you know a little bit awkward but you want <laughs> he was bad lynn yeah, was lynn, bad. lynn is young you know he'll, he'll connect with kids and you know it's something he's still learning to do you know he hasn't been in college that long and that's another part i heard him say it's like having a second job you know the recruiting aspect of being in college so it's something he'll grow into but again you don't need him to be an elite league guy. That's why you build, you put elite recruiters around him. I think that's a great point, Chris. And his NFL experience, all these top defensive players out of the high school ranks, they want to get to the NFL, so that helps. He grew up in Texas, and Lincoln Riley loves to recruit Texas, so I think that's a match. Played at Penn State. I don't know 
how connected he is to the program right now, but just the fact that he has that Big Ten background, I think that for a lot of people will check some boxes. I, I think your point's perfect, though. He doesn't have to be the guy who's in the trenches recruiting everyone all day. He can kind of sit back and say, let someone else be the primary guy, and then, hey, if you need me to have a conversation with this kid to kind of seal the deal, I can do it. I coached in the NFL. I played at Penn State. I have this great background. Look what we did at UCLA last year. There's a lot of really positives with him, and I think in that role, not being the primary guy, being the secondary guy, it fits perfectly. Yeah. Uh, we have another Super Chat. Uh, this is from Kevin. Did USC make a mistake by hiring a defensive coordinator so close to the portal opening? Uh, Wal uh, Walker Nolan entered the portal, and there's no staff. Well, there's staff. Are, are you saying they're too late? I think he's saying. I think it's, he's saying you're too late. But I mean, I think USC timing wise did it about as quickly as you could. It could have been a week or so earlier. But um, you have someone in place for the opening of the portal. The staff is still there. They haven't made any official changes. I, I think a lot of the staff is still out recruiting. So yeah, I, I don't. I, I think timing wise, they did about as good as you could. I mean, if they were waiting until you know two weeks from now, it might be a little different. But I don't know. What do you guys think? You, it, I don't think it necessarily matters. I know maybe you want a defensive or who you know who your defensive line coach is. If we're taking the Walter Nolan, uh, or what's the word example there, you would want to have. If you, Sean New will come back, or you're getting a new D-line coach, but you have Lynn in place. You have the man who's going to be running the scheme in place. That's the most important part, I think, because you can bring him in and Lynn could sit down and talk with him and show him film and all that. And obviously, Lincoln Riley is a really good recruiter as well. I mean, he's the head coach and he can recruit a big a big time name like, like a uh, – like a Walter Nolan, and you have a Bear Alexander, you can recruit as well. His his uh, his handler is already recruiting him on 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 Twitter. So, yeah, there's other ways to get around that, but I don't think necessarily it was too late in that sense. I still think they if they wanted to, they could still have a pitch in place to to bring Walter Nolan in. I, just using that example, or anyone in the portal. The biggest thing was getting the <clears throat> excuse me the hire done before tomorrow when the yeah. the portal open so i think that was big could it have happened a week earlier i think that certainly would have helped it wouldn't have hurt just having your ducks in a row a little sooner than maybe you get a head start on who the staff is going to be i think still putting together the staff with the portal opening isn't perfect but to chris's point as long as they have the guy by the time tomorrow rolls around that's really all you need right now and i think if it was earlier maybe it would have been a little bit better but it's not the end of the world Got a few questions. Uh, I know we usually do them at the end. We'll uh, do a couple here since we're talking about the end. And then we still got to talk about uh, the bowl game selection. And then we can do a little transfer portal kind of talk as well. RG, how much do you think Lynn's scheme will help recruiting larger bodies? I think it will because, well, for one, they're going to need larger bodies. They need yeah. to get bigger on the front, specifically on the defensive line. They don't have anyone right now outside of Bear Alexander. And then your freshman, Dejan Lafitte, who redshirted this year and didn't play in a game. At least I don't think he played in a game. Maybe one game. But those are your two 300-pound-plus guys. And you need a big guy in the middle because Lynn likes to you know shift his D-tackles out sometimes, move them around. So you're going to need a space eater in the middle. So they're going to have to hit that portal hard because I don't think they're going to get much help out of the, the 2024 uh, high school class, and they're they're uh, especially when you're recruiting the West Coast. I mean, Jericho Johnson's still out there, but he's not. He's you know just around 300, but you don't want to rely on a freshman for next season in yeah. the Big Ten. So they're going to have to hit that portal hard. You know, I'm I'm 
confident Lynn is already laying out, you know, what they need on the front. And I'm going to assume big boys is, uh, <laughs> is at the top of his list. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't have a ton to add to that. I think that makes a lot of sense. Uh, Alonzo, when, uh, when do you guys expect the defensive coordinator press conference announcements or where there'll be one? So there was a email announcement, social media announcement. We haven't heard anything about a press conference. Have you guys heard anything or I just got back, so I'll try to find out. But, uh, yeah, I thought they would have something, um, you know, we'll see. Uh, I'm going to assume like when we start covering bowl practices, maybe they'll do like an impromptu discussion with him i don't know if it'll be like a formal press conference or anything like that yeah it might be something yeah when we you know now that they have the ball thing we might be able to get something after that boomer assassin how big of a risk is usc taking hiring what looks like a great defensive coordinator but has a college resume of one year i think it's a little bit of a risk but it's one that i'm happy to take if i'm a usc fan just based on what danton lynn did last year in the la times they wrote a great story, Ben Bolch, who covers UCLA, profiling Danton Lynn uh, about a few months ago. And he just wrote about how Rex Ryan, when he was with the Bills, Danton Lynn just talked about how this guy is going to be a future star. And there are a lot of believers in Lynn outside of Lincoln Riley and Chip Kelly. It's not just these college coaches. He has a lot of believers at the NFL level. So it, it is risky. But I think, too, it's really important that he wants to be it. USC money, of course, talks, but Chip Kelly said today he had some other options and Danton Lynn doesn't strike me unless it is perfect next season as a one and done goes to be a head coach a year from now guy could be wrong on that. But I think you're getting at least two years of him. And I don't know if that would have been the case with a Jim Leonard or a Tony White guys who have head coaching aspirations, especially yeah. Leonard, who wants to go to the NFL. My big fear with those guys was if it did go really well, they'd probably be gone after one year because they have those aspirations. I'm sure Lynn does too, but I think his youth might help you a little bit because he should stick around for at least a couple of years. Yeah. And I don't have an issue if you hire someone really good and they leave after a year. Like, okay, you, you need it to sort of like get, get some life back into the program. If you turn things around and the defense is good, it's easier to keep it good than to like go from crap to good, which if you, you hire someone, they leave after a year, they probably went from crap to good. And there you go. Uh, we have a super chat from Josh. Uh, is there a feeling on when Caleb will make a formal decision? Or are there any reasonable people who believe he might stay for a senior season? I'm not one of those reasonable people. Me neither. That believe he's going to stay for a senior year. You don't believe that? I don't. As his former me. coach, you don't believe. <laughs> yeah, as his former coach. I mean, just look at what happened with uh, Florida State's QB, whose uh, name is escaping. Travis Jordan, is that his name? Jordan Travis. Jordan Travis. <laughs> just reverse. You, you saw what happened. One play away from just a devastating injury. So you have to go when you have to go. And he's projected the number one pick, and you have to go if, that, if that's the case. I mean – yeah, I know maybe the competitive drive to like we finished seven and five. I don't want to end on seven and five, but you have to do what's best for you and your future, and that would be leaving. Just yeah. like me on the two ten freeway, when you gotta go, you gotta go. Uh, yeah, We're going back. It all comes again. back. It all comes <laughs> you, back. You set me up for that one. We got over like it's funny, no game or anything. We have over five hundred people watching live. Yeah, on there's YouTube. juice and buzz. People juice. are excited. We love it. it. Please smash that like button and uh, subscribe to the channel if you haven't. Tell your friends about it. Share the stream on your social media feeds. We appreciate all of that. And again, apologies if you're normally watching on Facebook for whatever reason we couldn't get that uh, stream up and running. But we are also on uh, Twitter and stuff as well. Um, we'll, we'll do more questions and stuff later. If there's more D'Anton Lynn, uh, questions, 
Um, we'll get to those as well. Like, you know, we're letting you know what we know. And uh, hopefully you're a subscriber over at uscfootball.com. If you're not, you can get a 60% off an annual membership as of right now. And if you did, you would have got the news a little bit early on uh, Lynn being hired. Because uh, I posted over there and you guys would have found that out. Can I, uh, can I ask you really quickly, like, yeah. what is the equivalent of like a Vegas gambling of you going with your gut <laughs> on that that bet for posting that? Oh, uh, it's probably something along the sports betting line where you do like a parlay or, or, or you know, you're kind of, uh, you know, bet three things and you need like to get the over on some game and there's like a pick six, you, you, you get the uh, over to come through and it follows through. Yeah, I was a little worried uh, posting that because <laughs> there was... Were you next to him when he did yeah. it? He was we, next we, to me. We were on the shuttle. Right. Oh. I was like, I think I got the hire. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, boom. So we sit down. Yeah. And like, I didn't even bring my laptop to the game. So usually, you know, so Connor's got his laptop there so he could write. I just had my phone. I was just like, so I'm working the phone. And I'm like, I think this is it. And I was like a joke when I first got it. I'm like, oh, you actually know who's going to be hired. Okay. Um, so that was good. Yeah. And uh, But then I'd heard from someone like, yeah, uh, we had so, like someone that wasn't super reliable thought the same thing. That, so you might be wrong. Like, uh-oh, that's bad. Uh, but yeah, no, that was good. But if you, uh, yeah, right now, if you're not a VIP member, you can get over to uscfootball.com and uh, get 60% off. So 60. Uh, and if you're if you're watching the stream, which is live and free, you can hit the like button and that helps us out as well. Share it, uh, whatever you want to do. Uh, we did get some, oh, I couldn't, uh, I should pull this up here real quick. So we have some news that came over today. We have, uh, where is it? Why am I doing this? Okay. If it's going to work. Maybe it's not. Are okay, you doing the like, breaking news? I'm really trying to do it, and it's not working. You're doing the breaking news? I, was I could do, do it. You burr, burr, burr. That's, my, that's my best approximation. Oh, I got the tone wrong. <laughs> A little bit wrong. <laughs> it's okay. It was, it was like totally stuck. My iPad here was stuck. But yeah, breaking news that uh, USC is going to play in the Holiday Bowl. Uh, it's not in Louisiana. It's not in El Paso. It's not in LA. Not in Vegas. San Diego. Uh, no longer at... Qualcomm, which is a dump of a stadium. That's, is it still around? Or did they, they tear I it down? I don't know. I thought they tore it down. That was one of the worst ones. Like, it was, it was so bad, like covering games in there. Um, not that you guys care, but anyway. But, you know, Petco Park, which is amazing, you know, downtown San Diego. Uh, yeah, going to play uh, Louisville, who you got to see sort of in a uh, rock fight with Florida State uh, last night. Rock fight. Right? That's kind of <laughs> yeah. what they were doing. Excuse me, it's Louisville. 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 Mm hmm. Louisville, yeah, uh, yeah they, we thought it was going to be Clemson. And then, as you probably are aware, uh, Florida State gets the snub, 13-0 uh, conference champ, Power 5 conference champion for the first time. An undefeated Power 5 conference champion did not make the uh, field of four for the college football playoff. So, sort of kind of upset the ACC. There was a lot of delays of what's going on. I'm at the Rams game, and I'm like looking. The, okay, the field is set. The you know We know the four teams. All the other games should be set, and they weren't. I'm like texting the crew. I'm like, why hasn't no one tweeted this yet? I was going to just retweet you guys because I was at the game. And uh, no, it was because there was a lot of delays because of the Florida State snub. But uh, it seems like a good good game. Um, should be a lot of fun for us. You drive a couple hours down. A lot of fans can go uh, a couple days after Christmas. So I don't know. What do you guys think of uh, USC selection for the Holiday Bowl? I'm good with it. I mean, my first time covering the Holiday Bowl is not a great memory because it was at Qualcomm, and then it was that disastrous Ohio-USC game where Keen Slovis got hurt, and it was just a 
a blunder of a trip. So, yeah, I'm hoping for a better result this time. To be fair, I'm happy not to have to go to El Paso, Texas and travel for that game. So I think it's going to be an interesting matchup. I, I tweeted it out. should be a fun game, USC versus Louisville. That should be a, a, a good one, entertaining one. Uh, Jack Plummer back, uh, carved him up uh, last year. Let's see how they, he does it again in, in a bowl game. So, yeah, I'm on board. I, I, I think it's going to be fun. Louisville runs the ball and plays defense, so – that's a tough matchup just right away. But who the heck knows who's going to be playing for USC and for Louisville, too. They have some guys who could potentially opt out just like USC does. We saw Marshawn Lloyd today enter the NFL draft. He said in the past he'd still play in the bowl game. I don't know if he had made that NFL decision before he made that uh, proclamation. So we'll see what happens with that. It's frustrating just to figure out who's going to be in and who's going to be out. But once we know all of that, I, I do think for, uh, on its face it should be a really good game. And if the Louisville Stars on offense are playing, USC will have its hands full. It'll be their first uh, test defensively under Danton Lynn. I don't expect him to coach in the ball game, but maybe just the juice that the hire provides could that cause a spark with this uh, with this defense. You, you got to hope so. But uh, you know, we'll see who's playing. I think that's sort of where it starts. We did have a few questions in the chat about uh, would uh, Danton Lynn coach? Uh, we haven't heard. doesn't seem like that so. would be the case. But if you remember a couple of years ago when Lincoln Riley got hired, it sort of gave a little bit of juice to the team when they were playing Cal because like their new coach was going to be watching. Now, did it help? They didn't win or anything. But you know, there, there could be a little juice there. You do want to show out for your new coach. And like you guys mentioned, we don't know who's going to be playing in these bowl games now. It's not a you know major bowl. If uh, you're Brendan Rice, you're going to the Senior Bowl. Do you want to play? Like, there's a lot of you know questions of people that are moving on if they even want to play in it. Um, so yeah, there's, a, there's still a lot of questions about what's going to happen. But that's going to happen really with every team. Some teams might have everybody play, and you're going to be an advantage over a team that maybe was better than you during the season, but they're losing a lot of. Uh, pieces and you know motivation comes into play too. USC did not look very motivated to play UCLA. We'll see coming in, you know how motivated they're going to be. But Blackie Chance said Louisville is a well-rounded team, so it should be interesting. Um, Just to throw onto that, what you said, it's yeah. almost like an audition for yeah. your next coach. Yeah. You know, you're out there. If you're, I'm just like Jalen Smith, who's you know expected to come back. It's like. This is what I can do, coach, and I'm I'm I want to be a starter in your scheme or a young guy maybe like Anthony Beavers. If Kalen Bullock doesn't play, you know it's him who's stepping up into that role. You know there's or Christian Pierce, the young freshman. You know there's a lot of opportunity for young guys to play in the bowl game. That's why these bowl practices are really crucial for those uh, those young guys. So yeah, and I don't specifically know about you know Lynn coaching. I don't think that's going to happen. I, I there's probably not a rule against it, like if a new coordinator, but. I don't think I can remember a case where like a new coach came in and just like started coaching immediately. It's kind of like you don't have – I know it's 15 practices, but you don't have time to like implement your own scheme and you don't want to coach someone else's scheme. It's, it's kind of weird. So usually that's why you don't have the new coordinator hires or new coaching hires coach. You just – run the clock out with the with the with the staff yeah. you have and the scheme you have now. So he's gonna he's on campus obviously. He's posted pictures. He's probably you know he's just probably doing recruiting right now. But once the bowl game's over, that's when he starts, you know, cutting into it and getting into uh what he has to do to turn the defense around. Yeah. We have another super chat. Thanks, uh Danny. Uh what's the likelihood USC will get a new strength and conditioning coach? Zero percent. Zero percent. Yeah. I, I know in the chat um someone pointed out that um you know, Marshawn Lloyd on his way out, you know, 
praised uh, Wiley, Benny Wiley, for what he was able to do to help him. So, yeah, I, don't, I haven't heard anything about that, so don't think that's going to be changing. Um, no, and fans are all upset. Like, USC, they're small, but I think you see this argument all the time, but I'll make it here quickly. It's the body types that they have brought in. It's not that they're not strengthening up the guys who are here. They're getting stronger, of course. It's it's not that. It's just that a lot of times you don't have the size to, to work with, and I think that's the bigger issue. It's a recruiting problem, not a strength and conditioning problem. Justin you, says, I feel like we use strength and conditioning coach as a scapegoat too yeah, much. there you go. 100%. And uh, we can't tell you know we can't tell you what we just talk what we talk to players and what we hear. We've heard a lot of positive things, um, but you, you can't just make a declaration because well that you know they're they're terrible at that. It can't be a scapegoat. I'm sorry, Chris. I didn't mean to cut you off there. No, that's fine. I think your point stands. Uh, a lot of fans think everything is fixed with a new strength and conditioning coordinator. But yeah, you're right. What you said, you Alex Grinch and his speed D wanted smaller, quicker defensive linemen. So if that's what your, the DC wants and that's what Lincoln Riley's plan is for the defense, you know, that's goes down to Benny Wiley. It's like, I want these guys quick twitch. You know, if you want bigger linemen, Benny Wiley's like, okay, I'll give you some bigger linemen. So he's like the chef. You just tell him what you want and he'll cook it up. Yeah. If <laughs> you're cooking person. up, if you're asking him to cook up leaner uh, linemen, faster linemen, he's going to cook that up. If you tell him, I want big boys, then he's going to give you big boys. So it's like you tell him what to do. Let's see. Let's see what he does. With let's see what Lynn tells him to do, and let's see if he produces those results. So we don't know the practice schedule yet. We haven't heard anything, but we'll let you know. Um, we're hoping we have access and we can talk to players and coaches and and observe some. We'll see. We just haven't been told any of that yet. Uh, but it's going to be December twenty seventh. A um, couple days after Christmas down in San Diego. So if you're in Southern California, hopefully you can check it out. Uh, USC hasn't won a bowl game since the Rose Bowl, so it's Ooh. been a little while. Yeah, it's the last bowl game. Uh, when you think about it, it's not not positive. Um, but yeah, anything else in the bowl game? We can switch over to the portal and then just kind of get more questions. Uh, I have two questions. Did you watch oh. that Rose Bowl game? The one that USC won? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, question two. Okay. Very quickly, because I don't want to get into debate. Where do you fall on the Florida State thing? Oh, you want to talk? No, I just want to know if you think... We're all college football fans. We all cover college football. I just want to know, do they deserve to be in, or where do you fall? Or did Alabama deserve to be over them? I totally get all the frustration from Florida State fans and from not Florida State fans, undefeated, Power 5, not getting in. I get it. I don't have a huge problem with it, though. I think the four best teams are in. I think you saw how limited Florida State is on offense based on that or uh, ACC championship game. I know Shotgun, who I think is listening, feels really differently, and I I, I totally understand. I'm not saying it's right or wrong, but like I wasn't as pissed as a lot of people are. It, it made sense to me. The winner of the SEC with one loss or is undefeated needs to be in the playoff. I, I'm sorry. I, I, I know people like to hammer the SEC because people don't think – or I mean, they just get so much love for being the best conference, but if Alabama wasn't in, I, I probably would have had more of an issue than Florida State being out, I think. I'm good with it. I mean, I mean, I I would have been good with Florida State getting in. I thought they should have got in. They were undefeated. Um, they beat a couple SEC teams. We've seen other conferences; those things sort of happen to them, and you don't get the benefit of the doubt. There was a funny tweet where I mean, Alabama didn't look good in a lot of those games. You know, you just it's Alabama. I think it's a lot more reputation. Like they should have lost to a pretty mediocre Auburn team, except for a 
fourth and 31, you know, that was converted. I, I don't, I don't want to give them the benefit of the doubt because they've been great for 20 years. Like they have been, but this was a, you know, you got to beat who's on your schedule. They lost to Texas by double digits at home. Uh, they went and beat Georgia. That was great. And, you know, Georgia doesn't have great resume either. They're just, you know, they're really good because they won two championships. So I think this was the year you could have left the SEC out and you should have. And uh, so it's, it's disappointing. I feel bad for the kids at Florida state, um, you know, the ACC, all of that. So I, I get it. The SEC is usually the best. They're top heavy. They're not the best top to bottom for sure. They're not the middle's not as good this year. The bottom is bottomy. This was a year you could have left the SEC out. So I, I think the committee sort of like just couldn't do it. And uh, you got twelve next year, but I I felt they should have left the SEC out this year. It also annoys me too. People are like. It's unprecedented. What happened is unprecedented. The the fact like someone was going to get screwed this year, and, and it's Florida State. And I think if Florida State fans look in the mirror, they would say, "Okay, yeah, we got screwed." But it's just really unlucky. In addition to just being really frustrating, because any other year they're in, it just happens to shake out this year where an undefeated Power Five doesn't get in. It, it's not what Florida State did or didn't do. It's the fact that the field was so strong. Yeah, I. This was. It's just this, it was the the narrative of the SEC SEC all the time. We've seen other conferences kind of get screwed where where you know stuff just doesn't go your way. This was a year where this just didn't go the SEC's way at the end, and it's unfortunate. But they should have just been like, sorry, like that's how the the cookie crumbles. And for other conferences, that's how the cookie crumbles. For the SEC, they kind of made an exception, and that's that's what I have an issue with. I uh, think they should have got in. That's all I'm going to say. Florida State. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. All right, so Connor's the odd man out here. The whole staff. I'm just kidding. That's fine, Connor. Um, Lisa had a uh, well a question or comment about the portal. So the transfer portal opens tomorrow for 30 days, I believe. It opens um, for everybody right now. If you're a grad transfer or your head coach left, you can an enter immediately for a 30 day window. So tomorrow, everybody can an enter. Yeah. So grad transfers. That's a you could do that whenever you want. You have the the grace period after your head coach leaves. You can leave, you know you can go after that. Now it's open. We've seen people say they're going to enter the portal. They're not in the portal, so there's a distinction there. They plan to enter the portal. They don't. Sometimes they'll tweet it, and then we look, and they're not in the portal yet. So it's a you know it's a database. It's not public, but the coaches can get it. So also reporters can get it. But Lisa says, "Center Drake Metcalf, we need him." You guys thoughts wow usc needs is, a, where is he ucf or usf after transferring from stanford he's a uh socal guy so yeah. i know connor knows him st <laughs> john bosco guy yeah there you go talented recruit i haven't just heard his name in a long time i need to look at his numbers i didn't even know if he was playing at his new destination but if he had a good year and is a center who can help usc then i'm all for it they need a center yeah they uh they definitely need a center or center depth because right now it's a preferred walk-on, Killian O'Connor, and then maybe some guys they work with center in practice, and then some freshmen they're trying to get through the motions, and they got you know a really good center prospect coming in, but against a freshman throwing into the Big Ten, that's a lot. So they definitely need some uh, center help, interior offensive line help through the portal. Yeah. Um Gino Quinones come back, you know. Yeah. So that he's someone that could play, but yeah, you need some help. There. We got to talk about Lincoln Riley pursuing a quarterback, though. That's I was gonna, that's story. the next one I have. Sorry, um, sorry. That's okay. <laughs> Do you want to host or something? Or <laughs> uh, damn. 
Damn. I just can't believe we got to Drake Metcalf before we got to I just, you know, I'm pulling up questions here. Trying, yeah, it's been a long day, Connor. I'm doing my best. Like, the fact that I'm hosting and <laughs> no, producing this show. I'm not mad you. It's, it was the question. I, this was really – Drake Metcalf threw him off. He, <laughs> he scrambled came, his brain. He wasn't ready. It's okay. came together at the last second here. Uh, yeah. So one of the questions – and I did like a video for CBS Sports – where they're asking about, hey, when the portal opens, who's USC going after? I think on the defensive side, you could just say, you need help everywhere, right? Like the defense was so bad, you're, you're not going to say, oh, they don't need linebackers or they don't need a safe. Like you need everybody. Like probably the defensive line more than anything, especially with the you know change in scheme. And then on the offensive line, for sure, you need some help there. They brought in some guys last year, but it just the line just wasn't as good. Caleb Williams wasn't as protected. And, uh, you know, I think Chris has pointed out you need a center. And we, you know, Lisa in the last chat, she pointed that out too. But one of the things, and you know, you could pick up another running back. You could pick up a, a a number one wide receiver again if you, you know, get a Jordan Addison, someone like that. You'd love that. But the question would have been, or is, and you know, maybe that's being answered now, will USC go get a quarterback? Lincoln Riley has a proven, proven, proven track record with bringing in transfer quarterbacks. He's won Heisman trophies with them. Um, did you want to roll with Miller Moss, who's been uh, Caleb Williams' backup all year, the true freshman five-star Malachi Nelson, who's sort of waiting in the wings, or are you going to bring in like a depth guy, or are you going to bring in someone that can, from the portal, that could take over and be the new quarterback for 2024? And uh, Cameron says, rumors that Lincoln Riley went to Kansas State to see Will Howard, the Kansas State quarterback. Do you think they'll get him or someone else uh, in the portal? So I kind of want to get your thoughts. I reached out to a source at Kansas State, and they confirmed that Lincoln Riley did go out to visit. And there were uh, several suitors for Will Howard. I was told bidding war. And then I think Connor was was told that NIL wasn't like a huge part of this. It's more about you know trying to, to have a lot of success, which makes sense. If it's a one-year guy, they're not looking for a one. You know, they can get paid where they are. It's more about, can I elevate my game sort of thing? So, but like, I heard Oregon was involved. I heard Washington was involved. I heard even like Ohio State, potentially some different schools that were involved. Uh, but I want to get your guys' thoughts on USC potentially bringing in someone from the transfer portal to play quarterback. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. Gather your besties. We are very exclusive. And get ready. Mom, go make snacks. For sure, Regina, yeah. For the movie that hits like a bus in a good way. No one dies. Mean Girls. Made at PG-13. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. New CBS Sunday. You collect rewards, right? This is how I make my living. When something is lost. Everyone's looking for something. He finds it. You strong swimmer? So-so. So-so. So-so's okay. Justin Hartley stars. How you survive, you make quick, smart decisions. If you never let panic take the wheel. Sounds cool. It is cool, actually. Very cool. Tracker. New Sunday on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Hip-hop takes the stand in the new documentary, As We Speak, Rap Music on Trial. Now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Rap lyrics are playing an increasingly prominent role in criminal cases. Every song, every lyric, every video that you've ever been involved with, they're going to use against you. Follow rap artist Kemba as he explores the weaponization of rap lyrics in the criminal justice system. This artistic expression is a confession. I'm ready. Roll the tape. Watch the eye-opening new documentary, As We Speak, Rap Music on Trial, exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Terms apply. It makes a lot of sense to me because I think Lincoln Riley wants to have options. And 
Malachi Nelson feels like he's sort of been banged up for longer than people expected. I don't know if you can just throw him to the fire and Miller Moss think he deserves to get a chance, but I don't blame Lincoln Riley for going out and trying to get a new QB one. And if Will Howard is the guy, he's not going to come to sit on the bench. He's obviously going to start. I like it. I think that's another shot in the arm to the fan base ahead of going into the big 10. If they do land a guy like Will Howard, it looks like he's clearly the number one option for them right now. I'm all for it. I don't have a problem with it at all. Yeah, I mean, I think it was pretty obvious that they were going to at least look in the portal for a QB, see what was out there, see what hit the market. And again, QB whisperer like Lincoln Riley, you think he's not going to take a peek? It's like putting candy or sweets out in front of Ryan Abraham. <laughs> you think he's not going to peruse what's being offered? I do Famous like my sweets. Famous sweets guy. He I may not, like he may not take it. But but he is going to rummage in it. I will I will I will guarantee you that. So yeah, it makes sense. Obviously, if they get Howard, I would expect a transfer. I would expect Miller Moss to transfer full full stop. I'm just saying it right now. And you know, obviously Malachi Nelson hasn't played a lot because he's coming off that soldier surgery. So we didn't get to see him a lot outside of the opener. So yeah, I mean Lincoln Rogers is covering his basis of like I need experience. We're going into the Big Ten. It's going to be a tough schedule. Look, Miller Moss will have his opportunity to showcase himself. I'm presuming he will be the starter for the Holiday Bowl. He'll have his his chance to you know start that game and play. Maybe it's uh, simply auditions for other teams, other schools. But you know, Lincoln Riley's going to do what Lincoln Riley's going to do, and he's going to recruit a quarterback out of the portal and try to make his team the best that he can, and if he sees it as going after a veteran, experienced quarterback in the market, then you got to trust him on that. Yeah. Uh, we had another kind of question along those lines from Cameron. Uh, what are your thoughts on DJU and Jonathan Smith leaving Oregon State to go to the transfer portal and Michigan State, respectively? So I don't know if DJU would be in play, but his brother plays at Oregon, so he could potentially go there. Um, but he's another, you know, big, you know, name out there. Mike Cam Ward might be a name, you know, from uh, Washington State as well. But any thoughts on Oregon State losing a couple of big pieces? It seems to me like DJU. I don't think USC would be interested in him. Just the film is out on him. You know what he can do, what he can't do. I think it's fair to say he's been a little disappointing as a college quarterback. He had a strong year at Oregon State, but I think USC is aiming a little higher. I don't think that's wrong to say. And for Smith moving on to Michigan State, just like thoughts about the hire or thoughts about what was what was that question? Like just overall thoughts just about like him, him, him leaving to go to Michigan State. I, yeah, yeah. And I, I get why Oregon State fans will be frustrated, but like they don't have a freaking conference and this guy can coach. So I don't blame him for going to a really good situation in Michigan State, in my opinion, because they're in one of the two power conferences. I know it'll be tough to win there with. Ohio State and Penn State and all those other good programs, but I think Smith's a great coach. How he left, was it a little messy? Yeah, but that usually is the case with a lot of these coaching changes, so I don't have a big problem with that. I think that's just the business, and I don't blame him at all. Yeah, yeah, I don't either. Got got the pay raise, going to the Big Ten Conference, you're going to do a true Power Five Conference in Michigan State, and yeah, I mean, I'm sure it was tough. He's, a, he's an alum, right, of Oregon yep. State? Yep, so, he was a walk-on, and did yeah, really so I'm well. sure it was tough to leave a program that he built up. Oh, he there. 2000 when uh, Dennis Erickson was there, they beat Notre Dame. Like they were number four in the country, I believe. Like TJ Hushmanzada and uh, Chad Ochocinco, or he was Chad Johnson at the time. But yeah, that that was a powerful Oregon State team. 
They embarrassed Notre Dame in the bowl, in the Fiesta Bowl. It's crazy. So brought them back from the dead, built that up. Took a while. He's, he employs, you know, he builds a tough team, physical team. So I think he'll do well in the Big Ten. But also, I'll credit Oregon State for keeping Trent Bray around. I think that was a good move for them yeah. to keep him around. I saw the video of him being introduced to the team and just the respect the team had for him. I think that was a great move. Obviously, it's a tough position to lose Jonathan Smith, but to pivot to uh, Coach Bray, their DC, I think I think it's I think it's good. So I think they'll be okay. Obviously, you would like to see them in a better conference or get picked up, but you know I don't know what the future holds for Oregon State in that sense. But for for the most part. I, I agree with Coach Smith, and I like the move that Oregon State made as well. Along those lines, and uh, this is, I hate it. Like, I, you know, I do the podcast of champions. We cover the Pac-12. Um, it's been a lot of fun doing that. We started, I think, in 2015. It's helped me cover USC because I got to know the programs that USC plays the most better. Um, to see it disintegrate, you know, after over 100 years is disappointing. And I think tomorrow, and this is the question that we we have from Jim, how many Oregon State and Wazoo players are hitting the portal tomorrow? We've seen Jonathan Smith leave. Um, you know, I don't know. If, I don't think Dickert's going to go anywhere for Washington State, but you know, their quarterback, you know, Cam Ward could leave. DJU's left. This could be a thing where there's a lot of guys hitting the portal, and it could be devastating for these programs. We've seen, you know, turmoil, coaches leave, things like that, but we've never seen like a situation where a program itself was sort of left behind where everybody else is, is gone. You were a power five program and now you're not. And what does that do to the roster? And I think tomorrow we're going to see, you know, start to see if it matters, you know, you bring in a Trent Bray or you keep a Trent Bray continuity on the staff in the hopes of retaining a lot of your players. And it, you know, it didn't work for DJU, obviously, but you're hoping that you can keep that going. And uh, I think Dickert was really popular when he got the, he was promoted after Rolovich got fired um, and, you know, they made him the permanent head coach. I think he could do a lot for, um, you know, with the continuity that he brings, helping with the retention issue, but it could be, there's a potential bloodbath tomorrow, right? With, with those kind of programs. What do you guys think about that? Or you think it's not going to be anything out of the norm? No, I think a lot of guys are going to leave. Damian Martinez said he was going to come back, and I just Googled his name, the Oregon State running back. I guess he was arrested for suspicion of DUI the other day, so yeah. he has a whole other host of problems right now. Forget about college football for a second. He was one of the better players who I thought might consider a transfer before all this went down, so he elected to stay, it looks like. I don't know. It's it's going to be an individual decision for all the impact players on those teams, but I don't think this helps the fact that they're playing a Mountain West schedule next year and they're sort of being left in the dust. How could that possibly help other than if you have a good NIL set up there or you're close to there? You know what I mean? Like, I just don't know how it can't be a bad thing. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be great for them in terms of the portal and, and leaving. So I'm interested to see how many. I don't know if it's going to be like a super mass, mass exodus, but I do expect a decent number of, uh, you know, beavers and cougars to to seek greener pastures uh, and better conferences. So we'll see. 
Yeah, uh, we had a comment, and I, I didn't see this. So I apologize if I missed it, but Jim said, oh, I'm sorry, that was the wrong one. Someone pointed out that uh, Cam Ward had entered the portal or it was announced. Did you guys? I didn't. Yeah, Cameron Ward had is yeah, uh, he, he's declared in intention. He, okay. Or he's right. in. I, I think he might be in. Um, but yeah, he's already, uh, it's already been out there that he's going to be. And I, that was someone I put on my list of like, hey, maybe USC is going to be uh, interested. All right. Well, we also have some. Some new breaking news. People are asking about when we're going to hear from Lincoln Riley. Just got an email. Uh, we're going to hear from Lincoln Riley tomorrow. Um, so a lot of notice. But yeah, tomorrow oh. morning, 9 a.m., there'll be a Zoom call with Lincoln Riley. And then on uh, Tuesday, Danton Lynn, we will be able to talk to him uh, Tuesday uh, around lunchtime. So okay. we will hear from USC's head coach and USC's new defensive coordinator early this week. So within the next couple of days. So make sure you stay tuned to uscfootball.com. We will give you all of our reaction and insights to everything that both Riley and Lynn uh, have to say during those uh, press conference Zoom meetings. We don't know how long they're going to go. We'll be interesting to see how much time we get with uh, with both those guys. But we will get to hear from them early this week. So we'll have a little bit more well, more answers to some of the questions that you guys had uh, to this evening. So. I just asked Katie, the SID, too, if there will be practice availability because I want to watch the five minutes of practice that we can watch. It's been too long. I want to see uh, what these guys have been up to. I will, Yeah, I want to as well. So we'll see uh, see what happens there. Um, I think we had one other. Here's an interesting question we got from Oscar. This is sort of different than what we were talking about. But Oscar says, if USC has a 9-3 record next year, will that be a successful season? I think so for me personally, but there's a lot of stuff up in the air, including the quarterback, the roster, the defensive staff. Like a lot has to get figured out before we're going to make any predictions. But with that schedule and just USC, it seems like somewhat of a rebuilding year. I know in college football, if you're a USC, you never want to be in a rebuilding position. I hope people know what I mean when I say that. I would take nine and three. I think that would be a really good season. Where are you at, Chris? Didn't hear the question. I was putting something on the board. That's okay. Uh, if USC has a nine and three record next year, will it be a successful season? What did Connor say? Yes. He said yes. Yes, I agree. It's I, it's going to be a brutal schedule. First year in the Big the Big Ten. I would say success, yes. I'm kind of on the no. Oh. But After this year? I Well. You'll have was, you're losing Caleb in the Big Ten? Yeah. New defense? You got to. I mean, this isn't this isn't a program you're supposed to be happy with nine and three. And I know it's a tough schedule. I think it depends how you get there too. Um, if they're like close losses, or if it's like the you got blown out by the best teams, and you looked kind of crappy and didn't cover the spread against the crappy teams, I don't think that's a good season. But if it's like nine and three, and you have a, you know, maybe you beat Michigan a, on the road, yeah, like or something like that, or it's like a real close loss to Michigan on the road, but you beat LSU, and like you beat Wisconsin, like I, you know, I. I feel like that could be successful, but if it's a nine and three where we saw a lot of the Clay Helton nine and threes, like the good teams just pummeled you, and then the bad teams you didn't look as good doing it, I don't think that would be a success. So I think it depends how you get there. Uh, but it's a tough enough schedule that if you're competitive in all the games and you're nine and three, I would be okay with that. But if you're kind of getting blown out a couple times, uh, I wouldn't be so so happy about it. Uh, all right, well. I don't think we have any other questions that were coming in the chat. Do you guys have anything else? This is. Uh, if you want to mention Marshawn Lloyd? Oh, Marshawn Lloyd. Uh, he declared for the draft. That was today, right? Yes. 
Uh, any thoughts about on about uh, an hour and a half ago? Well, with him gone and Darwin Barlow gone, USC is very thin at running back now, so that'll be even more of a position to need in the portal. But for Marshawn Lloyd, the fumbling was an issue, but he was one of the most exciting players for sure this season. I know I really enjoyed watching him, even though he was only here for a year. Looking at that transfer portal haul from last season or last offseason, he was certainly one of the hits and maybe the most impactful guy outside of Bear Alexander. Is that a stretch? Is he the second most important guy? We can have that debate, I think. He, he was awesome. and He was. I, I hope at the next level he can hang on to the ball because that's really the only thing that I could see slowing him down. Yeah, not surprised at this move. I, I figured he was going to declare. The question is, will he play in the bowl game? He said during the UCLA week that he was going to play 100%. He's, and he said at the time or in the moment, so maybe he wasn't factoring in declaring for the draft. I would kind of lean towards him actually going to play in in the bowl game. So that that being said, you know, yeah, Lloyd, very talented player from DeMatha High School. Let's go shout out to the uh, the Stags. So, <laughs> um, yeah, not surprised by this, but USC definitely going to need to be buyers in the transfer market for a high-end running back. You know, they've recruited the position well the last two cycles. You got Travis Dye, you got Austin Jones, you got Marshawn Lloyd. So I would expect them to have success once again in finding a veteran and a guy who can start right away. Right now, you're only projected to have three scholarship backs with Quentin Joyner, uh, Marion Peterson, both redshirt freshmen, and then uh, incoming freshman Brian Jackson from Texas. Again, you want some more experience. You need some more depth. So I would I would assume they're going to get at least two guys, a guy who can be a number one guy right away, and then another veteran kind of for depth as well, maybe also to complete for the number one spot. Uh, and Joyner, maybe you expect him to take the jump too because he flashed at times but only played in four games. So maybe next year they really let the reins off him in the Big Ten. Does have a lot of potential, but so we'll see. A lot of people in the chat want Jay Knott from Cal. Not really in the portal yet. Not he's the portal a really yet, good running. Not back. saying he is. I'm just saying he's not in the portal. So yeah, we'll, we'll find see. out. Norco <laughs> High School, Chris, local. <laughs> he is a local. They want him to come home. I, I have this running joke with Triple Double that he literally knows every college football player that played high school in, in the California. state of yes in Southern California. We'll just be watching games. He's like, oh, uh, yada yada yada, uh, Crenshaw High School. Like, <laughs> like he just knows it. That's he crazy. Just knows it. It was my job. I did. Yeah, I know. It's like a Rain Man thing. He just like knows it. <laughs> yeah. Can K tell you senior stats. KH had kind of a bigger picture question. Okay. Um, with the way the playoff choices went down today, what is the point of playing tough non-conference games anymore? Yeah, that's the bad thing. And I know I talked about how I didn't have a huge problem with Florida State missing out. But I, I think in the future, why would any team schedule a hard game if they don't have to because it lessens your chances? The good news is it's going to 12 teams, so hopefully that would negate a little bit of of the negative side of, of scheduling a, a tough game because you could hopefully overcome that if you're a really good program. Say you lose like Alabama did to Texas. If it was a 12-team playoff this year, they would have been in no problem. Uh, but yeah, if that, that that is a negative, and I think the 12 teams kind of changes things a little bit in the future, but I wouldn't be surprised if it made teams think twice about scheduling tougher games, and I know they already really don't want to to begin with. So Yeah. All right. Well, we wanted to kind of give you guys an update of what's going on, get our tunnel vision going. Jack was calling a uh, USC women's basketball game, so he couldn't come tonight. So thanks you to Chris Trevino for coming in and uh, 
you know, stopping in and joining us on Tunnel Vision. I step up for the bowl game. You need me? I'm third string. You're stepping up? Come on. I'm making plays out here. I don't want to go through the portal. I want to stay. <laughs> we appreciate that. And Connor, like, making the drive from uh, Vegas and then staying up to try to figure out which bowl USC was going or where to, to. Or where to piss. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, speaking of taking the piss, what the wait, heck wait. holiday bowl? I mean – Two no, hours? The ACC. I, I want to get mad at the Holiday Bowl, too, but it was the ACC. So there was a, just to set the stage, right? There was a live press conference yeah, set, right? Just, like a stream. Yeah. If you ever seen, like, before, we, we've, we, you know, we're reporters, we've covered these things. There's a stream, and it's about to start. Like, if I'm streaming, like, a Lincoln-Riley press conference, I got my phone or whatever, my camera ready, and once I see him walk in the room, I hit the stream button. You know, I might have scheduled or whatever. Sometimes people just start the stream because they assume the person is going to start talking. That's always a bad assumption. It's never going – we see this with high school recruits being – making an announcement where they're going to college. And you end up looking at a podium or a microphone or a, just a blank wall for minutes on end. Is that basically what happened with the Holiday Bowl stream? It was a nice uh, backdrop of the ocean, but <laughs> it was so frustrating. I just, you know, it wasn't the sound even was going enough. in and out, and yeah, it was far away and it was vertical. It was it it was a JV operation. Very very JV. The Pop Tarts Bowl would never, <laughs> no, make me wait that that long. So again, yeah, it was. It, it was up there. I tweeted out an image of a cursed image of uh, the uh, the podium. <laughs> That will live in infamy. So whatever, we got through it. He got it. He got it. Got my nap in. He got so his nap, nap in. That was in. that was what I was get worried about. That's why I was so cranky. Um, yeah, well, we appreciate that. So we will let you know. So check out uscfootball.com. We will have updates the next couple of days because we're going to hear from both Lincoln Riley and Danton Lynn, um, USC's head coach and defensive coordinator, obviously. And then we'll let you know what we know about uh, practice schedule, if there will be other player or coach availabilities where we can uh, get more interviews and, and all of that and kind of see what they're doing in preparation and how things are going to be different. If it's still, you know, the, the interim defensive coordinator situation that they had uh, for the last two games of the season. So all that. So we'll give you updates on everything that's going on there leading up to the bowl game. And of course, for the next month, it will be free agency in college football. That's the month you can enter the portal. So you can transfer. You don't have to be say where you're going. Yeah. You just need to be in the portal between tomorrow and I believe it's January 3rd or whatever. It's a, it's a month, 30 days. So we will know some of the big names in there. The bigger names go fast, and especially linemen. So if a big lineman that goes in there, everyone that we've talked to, you're like, oh, what was it like when you were in the portal? It was insane. You're getting all these calls. It's like the two-year recruiting process condensed down. Uh, it's like you're, you know, you got this. You condense it down to like a two-week window. It's happening very quickly. Visits, calls, whatever you got to do. A lot of coaches get involved. A lot of programs get involved. Sometimes you think you're going to be a group of five recruit and all of a sudden it blows up and you're a power five recruit. Um, sometimes you think you're a middle of the road power five recruit and you end up being a blue blood recruit. It just happens fast. So make sure you're checking out uscfootball.com, all of our Twitter feeds. You can see if you're watching down there below, you can see all our Twitter feeds and everything. Uh, but guys, I really appreciate you coming in and uh, thanks for uh, you know being on the show. Any final thoughts before we uh, get out of here? We'll see some surprising names tomorrow, I think. Not from USC, from the outside. We'll see what happens with USC, of course, but I think there are going to be some 
eyebrow raising names entering the portal tomorrow and should be a fun day. Check out the peristyleshop.com. It's up live. Rocking a little merch. This is actually not on there, but this is just a test. <laughs> Why are you? Because this is just a test. What sample if they like that it? They can't buy it. Can they? Can you? This is a one of one. Will never be made again. It was too small, so I had to, you know. But I'm just saying, the merch is there. Check out the Peristyle shop. You probably didn't even go to this. Did you? I haven't got to the shop yeah, yet. So. No. <laughs> I will. I had dinner with him, and I told him, I was like, he had no idea what I was talking about. And I said, go check it out. Your, your co-host didn't know, so I don't think. I yeah, don't that's fine, but Gerard has his own world. I, I've been all over the. I've been in Vegas, and I just got back. Like, I mean, I haven't even got the chance you, to check it out. You could have spent the money you lost on blackjack buying some merch. I could have done that. Okay, but I, I do agree with you guys. There's going to be some surprising names, and you know, maybe not from the USC side. You, you know, if you're a USC fan, you're hoping not someone. Oh my God, let you know that person's in the portal. But there, it always happens, and I think now with conference realignment. You know, major you know story throughout college football this past uh, season, because you know you got Cal and Stanford playing in the ACC, and you know oh BYU and Utah are in the same conference. All this weird stuff is happening. Oregon, Washington. There's probably going to be some weird stuff happening. Transfers in and out of a lot of these programs that were involved in conference realignment. So uh, make sure you stay tuned to all that. But for uh, Chris Trevino, Triple Double. I am Ryan Abraham. Hope you guys enjoyed the show, and we will talk to you next time.